These movie moments will stick with me for some time. This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. I am Scott, and today I am going through 10 of my favorite movie moments of 2021. Um, This won't include action scenes because I have a separate list for that that I'm currently working on. That'll be out just after this. But these are 10 other moments from either blockbusters or intimate dramas, whatever it might be. Uh, No particular order that I really enjoyed and just hit home with me for whatever reason it might be. Either it's just really effective or really impactful or hilarious. So it's all over the place. So without further ado let's get started so it's that time of year the time of year when i attempt to make sense of the movie world and give extra highlights to movies and in this case moments i loved from the year in cinema so as is usually the case for this list i don't have a particular order since picking a favorite in especially moments is a fool's errand when it comes to an individual scene but here's 10 that hit home for me and since many of these moments come in crucial periods in the film spoilers ahead first up None of this is real, from Pig. Nicolas Cage is best known for his big swings, the yelling, the facial expressions, and the wild line deliveries that would be out of place in almost every other film. But it's this quiet moment from the critical darling Pig that demonstrates his power. In this scene, Cage's Rob Feld, a legendary chef who disappeared into obscurity, is confronting one of his former prep cooks, Derek, to track down his beloved truffle pig. While Derek is quick to praise Feld, Feld can seemingly smell the pain and desperation on him and quickly and quietly cuts him down to size. At first, it seems like the unpredictable Feld has gone off the deep end and is talking about how none of this is real. But the further he gets into his speech, the more it makes sense. This restaurant and Derek are a lie because Derek never wanted a restaurant like this. He wanted to run a traditional English pub. He's just doing this to please people who will never know him because he hasn't shown them who he is. Hence, none of this is real. It's a gut punch of a reminder to be true to yourself from a man who knows what it's like to lose. Next up, I'm here helping a friend from Free Guy. Speaking of what is or isn't real, this moment finds Ryan Reynolds, a now sentient NPC, in the midst of an existential crisis. He's just learned that he and his world are made up and, frankly, isn't handling it well. Hoping to make sense of things, he visits his friend Buddy, played by Lil Rel Howry, and asks him what he would do if he discovered his world wasn't real. Buddy's response shocks Guy. Who cares? Though it seems strange to shrug off that your existence and world is a lie, Buddy explains that what, what and why he's doing it is what creates meaning. He sums it up as such. Hey... I'm here with my best friend, trying to help him through a tough time. If that ain't real, I don't know what is. It's a simple and beautiful sentiment that resonates perhaps harder than ever as life in the pandemic marches on. Next up, The Twist from Malignant. For much of James Wan's Malignant, the audience has been trying to figure out what the hell's been going on. At a glance, it seems like our hero Madison is being framed for a series of gruesome murders. But since they only appear to her as dreams and she keeps ending up at her house when the violence is over, it's hard to piece together what's happening. My wife guessed a split personality. I guessed a twin. As it turns out, we were both right? 
Through a series of videotapes, we learn that Madison has a teratomic twin named Gabriel that emerges from the back of her head and controls her body in reverse while Madison's mind is repressed. Not only that, but it makes her stronger, more agile, and a thousand times more dangerous. Does this make any lick of scientific sense? Nope. Do I care? Also, no. It's a reveal so absurd that impossible to predict, it shoots the believability moon so hard that you're forced to turn off your brain and watch this ridiculous thing in action. It's a true homage to the gonzo giallo and slasher flicks that inspired Malignant, and it's undeniably fun. Next up, Phil's Quiet Reveal from The Power of the Dog. In a movie as pensive and quiet as The Power of the Dog, Benedict Cumberbatch's Phil Burbank comes in like a wrecking ball. He's an old-fashioned man, abrasive in person, and joyfully and cruelly undercuts his brother's new wife from afar, even playing the banjo. But the film's visual language has indicated that most of this is an act, either to cover up his vulnerabilities or something else. On a quiet day near the river, we find out what that is. As his cowhands frolic and wash off in the river, Phil takes a moment to reflect and remember with the handkerchief of his mentor, and we now understand lover, Bronco Henry. While it would be easy to make this scene visceral and impossible to ignore, this reveal works because it is so sweet, tender, and sensual. It's the complete opposite of the Phil we've seen up until this point, and sets up the film's tragic turns in the third act. Next up... Zhu Wenwu's Motivation from Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. If you're going to bring in Hong Kong legend Tony Leung as your villain, you better give him some meaty scenes to work with. Thankfully, Shang-Chi gives Leung and the movie one of the best Marvel villains to date, thanks in no small part to the reveal of his tra tragic past. After giving up his villainous life, Wenwu settled down with his wife Ying Li and his two children, only for his wife to be murdered by his former rivals. And th through flashbacks, we see how this made the former villain Harden retake his violent mantle and turn his children into warriors. But that's not why he's pursuing them, or his wife's homeworld now. It's because he hears his wife's spirit calling to him. The aching pain in Tony Lung's performance is phenomenal and tells us everything we need to know. It's this unresolved pain that pushes him towards personal and global destruction. He misses his wife, and he wants her back by any means necessary. Next up, Fred forms the Rainbow Coalition from Judas and the Black Messiah. Up to this point, Shaka King's Oscar-nominated film and Daniel Kailua's Oscar-winning performance have shown the audience's Fred Hampton's power as an orator, leader, and influencer. He is persuasive whether he's talking to a crowd of hundreds or a single person, and he's charismatic to boot. But if you want an example of the power he wielded, the formation of the Rainbow Coalition has to be it. Fred and his Black Panther brethren are going into the Lion's Den with Chicago's rival gangs to negotiate peace. Not only that, but they're going in unarmed. Shaka King and cinematographer Sean Bobbitt stage and shoot the scene for maximum tension as Fred calmly addresses his rivals and slowly but surely turns them into friends and allies. Fred is presented in this scene as a solution to every gripe or attempt to escalate towards violence. He's called an enemy, but he calls everybody friend and brother. He's accused of encroaching. He says he just wants to feed kids, feed kids, and fight the real enemies. It's a remarkable display of Fred's power and proof that the Panthers didn't actually come in unarmed. They came in with their greatest weapon, 
Fred Hampton. Next up, we have Richard's Revenge from King Richard. When we're first introduced to Will Smith's Richard Williams, he seems unflappable. He puts an incredible effort around the clock to provide for his family and to get his daughters the opportunities they deserve, including Venus and Serena's budding tennis careers. He shakes off disrespect, takes time during his night shift to keep researching tennis, and is willing to confront dangerous young men who threaten his daughters, even if he doesn't intend to fight back. But one night he hits a breaking point and attacks the young men who kept propositioning his daughters who beat him and threaten his life. To this point, we've assumed Richard knows better and what kind of, viol what kind of violence this leads to. But without speaking, we see Richard pick himself up, grab his gun, and pursue the young man to ensure his daughters and his own safety. And frankly, we understand. This young man has been relentless and defies any attempt at rational discussion. However, as Richard approaches the young man from the shadows, a drive-by shooting takes the young man's life before Richard can do it himself. And the look on Smith's face tells us everything we need to know. There's a wave of shame and hurt that hits him as he sees his vengeful intentions carried out by the world. This is why he's doing what he's doing. This is what happens when you choose violence. Look at what he almost did. He almost threw it away. Next up, it was real to me. From Black Widow. When Black Widow begins, we're seemingly introduced to Natasha's idyllic family life that was stolen from her. But as the film progresses, the more we learn that that life was a front, a cover to help Natasha, Yelena, Alexei, and Melina avoid detection in America. And as her former family slips back into familiarity, Natasha isn't having it and quick quickly reminds them that their life together wasn't real, it was a lie. A comment that cuts Yelena to the core as she storms off with the line, The best part of my life was a lie. It's a devastating moment that not only demonstrates why Florence Pugh is the MVP of every movie she's in, but will also hit home to every sibling who hasn't lived up to their other siblings. Yelena hasn't had the chance to make things right or forge her own life. That was stolen from her. And Natasha attacking her only happy memories hammers home the, their divergent paths and how far apart these two still are. Next up, we have Hear My Prayer from Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar. It's been a while since any comedy has embraced the over-the-top approach of Mel Brooks or the Austin Powers franchise, a brightly colored absurd romp where the jokes come at a relentless pace and logic and reason are sidetracked for the sake of fun. And now, and now this moment highlights that attitude better than former Christian Grey Jamie Dornan singing a plea to seagulls that his supervillain girlfriend will return his affections. The entire performance is an amazing blend of physical comedy from Dornan, who fully embraces the ridiculous premise, the choreography, and the setting that traverses the beach and nearby palm trees, and the more catchy than it has any right to be song. It's a blast of fun that encompasses everything great about this absurd, wonderful movie. And finally, we have I Love You from Together Together. This critically acclaimed indie has a simple but effective hook. What kind of relationship should, should an older, soon-to-be dad, Matt, and his young surrogate, Anna, have, if any? Thankfully, the film throws out the romantic angle almost immediately, but the connection between Matt and Anna is growing and adding additional complications to an already complicated situation. But after a medical scare, Anna comes clean and lays out all of her cards on the table. She loves Matt as much as anybody can love someone without being in love with them. 
and she's deathly afraid of losing him after the baby comes and she goes to college. She's afraid of losing the relationship she spent most of the film developing. And Matt, ever the sweetheart, demonstrates some great paternal and friend instincts by telling Anna that they will never lose each other. He loves her too, and more importantly, that he's very proud of her for getting into college. In a movie world obsessed with romance and professions of love followed by physical affection, this quiet moment between two friends feels sweeter than half of the romantic comedies out there. So that was my list of favorite movie moments from 2021. Let me know if you think there's any moments I miss. As I said, action scenes are coming. As always, thank you so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time, everybody. This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.